0: I have a celebrity grievance, Spencer.
1: Yeah? Who's that?
0: Well, little preface. I've been caught up in all my podcasts I listen to. hmm hmm And I happen to see on my app, on the Two Bears, One Cave podcast, which I've seen clips of, but I never actually yeah. listened to. It's Tom Segura and Burr Chrysler. They have... Uh, well, they had... Kevin Smith on there.
1: Yeah, I saw something I didn't know uh, I haven't listened to, but I saw something about that. Like
0: Well, unfortunately, Tom Segura was not on that episode. It was yeah. just Bert interviewing Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, Did you listen
1: to like the whole episode? Is it yeah. It's out?
0: Yeah, I listened to the whole episode today and it just made me so mad. Yeah. Bert sucks at interviewing and he just like the whole podcast he just kept in, like interrupting constantly and then just talking about himself. Mm. And like, but they started off. Kevin Smith, like, they, they started talking about like Harvey Weinstein, like, right at the beginning.
1: Oh, that's and yeah. that's a sore spot for him because he yeah. felt like a,
0: you know, a lot of his stuff
1: went through Mirror Max mm-hmm. in the beginning. And he like when that first came out, like, he was really upset because that was like oh, all those early it, movies and stuff. Yeah, and then just in like there was anything like, like how he didn't like, you know, notice anything. It's so mm-hmm. like you know he you know, he took it kind of
0: hard. They started. Kevin was like, "Oh, I have." uh harvey weinstein story that i've never told before oh wow and fucking Bert interrupted him with some because he always goes on a tangent about just some fucking stupid shit about his life that had nothing to do with anything and it was stupid he's like oh no we'll get back to it. he kept saying that for like 20 minutes oh we'll get back to it. don't don't we don't forget about the harvey weinstein story two hours later they never get back to it uh- he never fucking tells the because Bert just kept interrupting and just talking about his stupid machine movie and just all his dumb shit. And It's like, you have a guest on. I want to hear the guest. Yeah. Like, they had the, like, Kevin Smith, who was talking about his mental breakdown thing he had over the winter, and it just went to Bert and his stupid mental health, and, like, it's just, I don't give a fuck about Bert. Yeah. So, I never had a problem with Bert before that. I mean, small doses, he's, like, one of those guys where, like, if I heard him on a podcast, it was, like, okay, but he would get even annoying with other people, but then it's just, like, this one, just, like, you fucking ruined the whole conversation, dude. Never before heard story about Harvey Weinstein, someone who knew him very well, or at least as far as, you know, the movie business side goes. And you just completely interrupted and we never got to hear what the story was.
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm. And like you said, it's probably like the stuff he was interrupting with probably wasn't that good. And it was him just high pitched laughing halfway through his own story and probably didn't even finish his story. Probably.
0: No, it didn't finish his story. I don't remember what he's talking about. It was not important. It was really annoying, too, because he just kept, like, interrupting himself as well yeah. as Kevin Smith, like he always does. Like, I just didn't give a shit what he was talking about. it's like, yeah, they kept touching on interesting topics, and then he would just divert the whole thing to some nonsense. It's really pissing me off. I didn't like it. And uh, I'm not going to listen to that podcast again, even though I didn't listen to it before. Like I said, I listened to clips, but that's why, why it's funny is in yeah. short little clips you see on, like, YouTube or something or Instagram. But to watch, oh, like, ten, or, or,
1: or having Shigura there to like reel him in, reel him in, and then well, he actually just, interviews people yeah. and listens
0: to their responses, whereas Kevin Smith just, or I mean, uh, Bert Chrysler just ignores him and like, and it's kind of hard to keep interrupting Kevin Smith because he talks a lot too, right?
1: Like that isn't impressive if he was able to get a word in, anyways.
0: Yeah, and Kevin Smith, he, I mean, he did a good job of trying to keep the conversation on track, but it just. Eh. Not an episode I uh, would recommend for anybody to listen to.
1: That's upsetting, because like, Kevin Smith has been talking about that on his podcast, and I was saying, oh, like that should be something to check out, but like now that you, the way that you made it seem is probably... I mean, probably you can shouldn't. listen
0: to it, but it just... Uh, just fucking rubbed me the wrong way, man. And it would be one thing, at least what Bert was saying was funny or something, but right. it just, I don't know if he's always been this way, but that guy just really cares about talking about himself and Mm. nothing else. Doesn't seem like a guy I would want to hang out with ever. He's, like, really annoying.
1: So you're not rushing out to the theaters to see the machine?
0: No, it's not even, like, on... Like, his machine bit was funny. Obviously, it made him kind of uh, a name, but... The movies like Mark Hamill doing coke and stuff. And I was like, what does yeah. this have to do with the machine? But then he's the well, like old Bert, too, so yeah. it can't be the same story.
1: Well, it's... Uh, Mark Hamill, like, plays his dad. Yeah. So I, th- I think it's, like, the repercussion of him telling the machine story. Oh, uh, that makes a little more sense. You know what I mean? And then having to, you know, get back yeah. with the... the You know, dealing with the mob or whatever.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I want to watch it, but... And that actually sent me down a weird wormhole of how shitty Brendan Schaub is. Yeah. Because I never really gave... Two thoughts about that guy. He was always wishy-washy on podcasts. Like, he would say something somebody would disagree... Like, if it was Joe Rogan, would disagree with he him. Then he immediately... He just, well, he just switched his stance yeah. and, like... He just... I don't know. And that guy's whole humor, too, is, like, you know, referencing movie jokes. He just, like, takes jokes from movies and regurgitates yeah, I never,
1: them. I never watched any of his actual, like, stand-up or anything before.
0: I don't know. I, I mean...
1: Just stuff like I've seen him on, you know, on podcasts and stuff.
0: I don't have anything I can really say bad about the guy because I don't, like, you, I didn't watch his stand-up. I don't don't know much about him, but he uh, doesn't really interest me either. But anyway, I went down a wormhole, though, just apparently he's, like, real shitty to a bunch of other people and nobody likes them, I guess.
1: Well, that's okay because fucking Chris D'Elia is back. And yeah, like, he after was, being a like, rapist or whatever, yeah, or, like getting kid porn or whatever that was. And Brian
0: Callen back after he had some kind of sexual allegations. So I guess he could just like, once you wait a year or two, you're good. Right. Chris D'Elia is another one. Like some of his stuff is kind of funny, but he always gave me creeper vibes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He has a little, well, bit he played
0: that. like a fucking rapist in that show you and it fits so well. Cause he yeah. was, he just played himself in that show. So anyway, we have a non-awful episode, I guess.
1: Uh, well, we, we haven't recorded it yet, so we don't
0: know. We don't know, but it won't have to deal with sexual assault and stuff, hopefully. <laughs> right. Hopefully, Lee is not going to be on our podcast anytime soon, or uh, the others mentioned. Uh, so anyway, stick around, and we'll see what's up. are listening to the Drunken Penwriting podcast. I'm your host Caleb James. With me today as every day for the most part. I think you missed maybe one episode. Yeah. Uh Spencer, the Denver Dookie Dropper Church. Dookies. I think we've done Denver before, but I couldn't think of another D name and uh
1: you said on the doopy
0: Dookie. Do, do, Doppler Dropper Dookie Dropper. Uh,
1: do, uh, Dookie Doppler. Doppler. Yeah, like the like the weather. Like the Doppler radar? <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I
0: don't <know. laughs> I got like the brain melt today. I'm not doing good. It's been a fucking Memorial week. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I know the holiday is on ne- like next Monday. It's Memorial Day weekend, but does the whole week have to be fucking shitty? Yeah. Why is it every holiday comes around the whole week has to be shitty for us working slaves, you know?
1: hmm Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: Our are 9 nine-to-five wage slaves. Like, why the fuck do we have to kill ourselves? Uh, but the people in the offices, they get all kinds of days off. They time. like it. Yeah. Yeah. They like it. Or if you work at a bank, post office. So this was suggested by you.
1: Yeah.
0: Best Neil Gaiman books of all time. This is a reading guide from our friends over at Book Reviews.
1: I wonder how they got that name. That could kind of, like, how like whenever they come up with their idea, they're like, Book Reviews they got to be taken, right?
0: Well, it's RT Book Reviews. I don't uh, know what the RT stands for. could be anything. could be Rooster Teeth. That's a gaming company. Maybe that's, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to go into the uh, intro here. I'm just going to read the list. If, if that's okay with you.
1: Yes, because I believe both us and probably a good amount of our listeners are familiar with the gay man.
0: The gay man, I think they know who he is. For those who don't, Neil Gaiman is a British writer who writes fantasy, mythology, comic books, anything pretty much, and he succeeded in all of it as far as I understand. And is great. He is great. We've read many of his books, and I liked all the ones I've read.
1: And just seems like an all-around nice guy.
0: And his masterclass makes... I can't even describe it.
1: Like, even if you're not into writing, it's, 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 it's worth watching.
0: It's like if you were cutting like a knife a hot knife through warm butter right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while wearing velvet <laughs> and then also having somebody like clean your ears with a Q tip like it's just like it's it's heavenly watching that masterclass's voice and just everything he's talking about number 1 which is surprisingly one you haven't read this yeah. is the first Neil Gaiman I've read and it was excellent american gods do you
1: feel like that's accurate like since you said that was like the first thing you've read of his do you feel like that's a good intro yeah until like you know even though that it's a little bit on the girthier side
0: i would say so because i really liked it though it depends on what kind of genre you prefer uh because this is more mythology adult Mm. um like urban a modern mythology but also like an adult book versus if you were you know i mean he has so many his children's books he has books like uh what was the fairy tale one we read? Um, uh, Stardust. Stardust, like that. I would say that could be a good introduction for somebody who likes fairy tales or you mm-hmm. know folklore. Anything, you know depends what you're into. Any kind of fantasy. Obviously, if you're into comic books, you know he has a million comic series that yep. you can get started with. He's he's almost at the Stephen King route now too, where it's like a lot of his shit's getting picked up for TV shows and movies yeah. and stuff.
1: Yeah, he's getting really popular recently. Yeah,
0: he's he's really picked up steam. So anyway, American Gods. In prison for three years, Shadow patiently counts down the days until he can return to Eagle Point, Indiana, in Neil Gaiman's enthralling novel American Gods. He no longer fears the future, he only wants to reunite with Laura, his deeply cherished wife, and begin a fresh chapter in their lives. However, just before Shadow's release, a a tragic accident claims the lives of Laura and his best friend. With his world in shambles and nothing left to anchor him, Shadow encounters a captivating stranger on his journey home. This enigmatic man who introduces himself as Mr. Wednesday has an air of mischief and intrigue. Surprisingly, he knows more about Shadow than Shadow knows about himself. And there's more. I'm not going to read this whole synopsis. It's crazy long. The book deals with, as the title suggests, American gods. It is basically if all the gods in mythology, like all of them from everywhere, because America is a melting pot of cultures, people kind of forgot about these gods so they lose a lot of their power.
1: It's also like the, the one of the newer, you know, yeah. newest big countries and stuff like that. Dude. Yeah.
0: And these gods, they have to be wor- worshiped to have like, you know, this strong power and be able to do all the things they can do. So a lot of them now have been relegated to just like almost ordinary people, uh, but there's always something very special about them which gives you like a supernatural feel, and many of these gods have come to the United States for one reason or the other. Highly recommend this, and I'm sure it's on the list. But the Nancy Boys, yeah, this is the sequel, also a great book.
1: And uh, it, I think it was Stars did a uh, like, did a two or three season like show of American Gods, too. Yeah, so if, I don't know how that you know how that is or how it compares to the book. I'm sure they probably kind of spin off into their own things, you know, probably once you get into like the second, third, you know, mm-hmm. years. But again, that could be if you didn't feel like checking out the huge thickness of yeah. the book you like you can maybe try that as well
0: i don't think american gods is that long
1: well we just i have like like a like a smaller like paperback yeah so it might just be a little bit chunkier just because you know just because of, like small pages i
0: don't remember what the page count was but i read them in uh a dual book edition it had a nancy boys too so and that look i mean that was one of those big barnes and noble ones with the right. small print but i can't imagine it being four i don't know it could be four or five hundred pages maybe uh, next up on the list is Coraline. Step into a world where Coraline discovers a door leading to another house eerily similar to her own, yet sim- seemingly better. What could be more marvelous than that? However, a sinister twist awaits. Another mother and father dwell in the parallel world, lodging for Coraline to stay and become their little girl forever. Coraline, I read last year. Mm-hmm. For a kid's book, really enjoyable. Uh, obviously, as a grown adult man. I don't connect to that kind of story as, uh, one, if you're a father or a mother who are reading that, or two, who the audience is, which are children. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were a young girl, I would imagine you'd really relate to that story and really enjoy it. But I highly recommend Coraline for adults as well.
1: But that, that just proves to show of how
0: versatile is. It, it
1: is that, or that, how, how well of a story that even though that you are not in the key demographic for it I still enjoy it yeah it's so enjoyable for you
0: i have not read this next one you have and you keep telling me i got to read it. Is neverwhere yes yeah really. welcome to the tale of richard mayhew a young london businessman with a kind heart and an ordinary life imagine his world turned upside down when he discovers a girl bleeding on the sidewalk an act of kindness that plunges him into a realm beyond his wildest dreams and this one is more about, like, poverty and the class system. and It's probably specifically London, but mm. I would imagine this can go societal worldwide. Yeah. Uh, because he goes into, like, what, this homeless underground, essentially? Yeah,
1: it's like an... the It's the London below. Mm. And that's where you get, like, a lot of the crazy uh, fantasy kind of, you know, weirdness stuff. But, yeah, that's kind of, like, the underlying underlying theme kind of, like the the home the forgotten people the people you don't even notice anymore mm-hmm. you just walk by and it's like they're not even there
0: next up uh I also have not read this one yet Good Omens I I've read that one yeah you seem to have read all the ones I haven't read yeah, and vice y- versa yeah. like we just really did a normally we try to read the same things <laughs> or similar things. For some reason, on this one author, we just went completely like, different routes. Yeah, just opposites. Just It's the- like we just did the Goku-Vegeta, you take the left side, I take the right <laughs> yeah. side. I don't know why, because we could have talked about all the books if we just read them together, but I don't know why it happened like that. Imagine your two favorite authors joining forces to create a literary masterpiece, a dream come true for many readers. This dream became a reality when the legendary Neil Gaiman collaborated with the satir- satirical genius Terry Pratchett on Good Omens. The Good Omens is a hilarious tale about Satan's son's birth and the world's impending end. Can you picture an angel and a demon conspiring to prevent the apocalypse? That's also a TV show, right? Yeah. I could tell because the book cover for this edition is Uh, the awful TV show cover. I hate when they do that.
1: yeah.
0: Just don't. I hate it. It's so cheap.
1: like it at all.
0: We read the first volume of this, which I think is this volume, Preludes and Nocturnums. This is uh, The Sandman. Yeah. As the inaugural graphic novel collection in the highly praised Sandman series, this captivating volume compiles issues one day. Yeah, we read this for book club one time. It was really good. Introducing readers to the mesmerizing world of Dream and his siblings, the story unfolds with Roderick Burgess, a power-hungry magician seeking immortality by ensnaring Death itself. herself. However, his plan goes awry when he inadvertently captures her and enigmatic brother, Dream, instead. Every one of these paragraphs has had the word ignag You know I can't say this word properly. <laughs> Enigmatic. <laughs> <laughs> like if I nice. get, why? Why is it used so much? So, uh, yeah, that's a good one to check out if you want to go to the uh, graphic novel comic book route.
1: And uh, just a warning to, uh, like, I, like I, I enjoyed it, but I have heard, like, from some people that saying that the first volume of Sandman can be a little difficult or, like, dense to kind of, like, to get through but like afterwards and like it's it easier yeah and it just well, i think the ward kind of opens up more mm. and, and stuff like that and i probably too at that point in time they knew that like oh this series has legs now yeah. They can do you know they, they you know that they have time to do to, to do some things they're not constrained
0: to just the eight issues like, yeah you could like, really... yeah
1: because you're be like oh we don't know if we're gonna get any more in this so let's
0: try to and that is also a tv show right yeah yeah, yeah because everyone was talking about uh they were upset either gender or race swapping or something and neil gaiman himself was like i'm the author and i said it's fine what do you care like well fair enough i would say i don't know why people complain if the author's okay with it next up i read this a couple years ago and it was excellent you need to read this one i would say it's probably a young adult book even though this is supposed to be like a kid's book it's not it's not a challenging read for kids but it would be just a subject matter not even the subject matter so much. I mean, it does open with the fucking murder of a family, but it's written in such, like, this Ugh. eloquent, like, <laughs> such a wholesome way. Of, I don't know. The way Neil Gaiman writes, it just doesn't ever seem offensive. Anyway, the Graveyard Book. Welcome to the intriguing world of Bod, an extraordinary boy residing in the most unusual place. A graveyard. Uh, it's basically the story. is uh, As a baby, his family gets murdered by a, a man named Jack. The mm. dagger or a knife or whatever. Uh, the baby manages to escape. Uh, you'll have to read to figure out how he does that. Uh, where he ends up in a graveyard, and then the ghost of dead people from hundreds of years ago, from Victorian area to more modern area, just all covers all histories of London or wherever this takes place, Raise the boy. Uh, it's the story of the Jungle Book. Instead of Mobley being raised in the jungle, it's a kid raised in a graveyard. It is great.
1: Sounds entertaining.
0: Very fun. Next up, Stardust, one we actually both read, like I said before, this is his fairy tale book. Enter in the enchan- not,
1: not fancy
0: fairy, fairy tale. Yeah, there's a difference. If you don't know, read the book and you'll understand the difference. Fairy tales almost have their own rules separate from fantasy. They obviously interlock or intertwine. Fantasy and uh, fairy tale are very similar often, but the usually the elements. I think maybe fairy tales are based more on mythology or folklore things like that, whereas fantasy could just be anything. Enter the enchanting world of Stardust, where ancient fields and rolling meadows of England come to life. A small hamlet on a granite jut wall has been a home for six hundred years, taking its name from the towering stone wall nearby. Here amidst the rustic charm, young Tristan Thorne becomes captivated by the enchanting beauty of Victoria Forester, and he ends up going on a very fun adventure. As someone who generally would not be a re- like a fan of fairy tales, and I've read about half of the original Grim Fairy Tales, uh, I've read The Princess Bride which is novel the novel version is not really like a fairy tale whereas the movie version teeters the line like yeah. it, I would say it's almost a fairy tale because obviously the main story is a fairy tale but because they have the the book has a different uh, plot line that goes in the real world whereas the movie he's reading a book to his kid mm. or his grandson so you're still like steeped in realism, but this is a full-on fairy tale. That being said, I actually really, really enjoyed this, and this would be on my reread list. Whereas, like American Gods, that would be way in the future for me to reread. Maybe even the Graveyard Book. I would actually read Stardust again soon because it's short; yeah. it's a quick read. I watched the movie, and the movie was pretty fun. What were your thoughts on that? Did you like the Stardust? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, I I really because you're not like it. a fairy tale guy either. No, not really. No, like some some kind of fantasy, but fairy tales very rarely. But yeah no I, I really enjoyed it read it read it super quick it fun um, even like it was one of those things that even though that you had an idea kind of where it was going, it was still in, uh, enjoyable and entertaining just because again of how well it was written and, and taken care of. yeah,
0: you know what I'm interested to find out. I don't know if you can't find this out necessarily. I don't know if there's an actual answer. Would the Lord of the Rings be classified as fairy tale?
1: Uh, i don't know
0: i mean tolkien invented his own mythology and stuff but especially the hobbit and the lord of the rings itself it i mean it's obviously high fantasy but could you consider it a fairy tale i don't know we'd have to look that up maybe do a whole episode on what fairy tale actually entails you know like what would be considered fairy tale yeah next up anansi boys i think i always say that wrong anansi boys
1: but that's probably more A Nancy Boys that's Anancy, it yeah. I
0: always say that wrong but I remember when he was talking about it because the main character or one of the main characters is Mr Nancy hmm. that makes sense cuz I think Anansi is a uh African god if I if I remember correctly In Anansi Boys the enthralling sequel to Neil Gaiman's acclaimed American gods Fat Charlie Nancy's life takes a dramatic turn when he discovers the true identity of his late father Anansi the trickster god okay see hmm. As the story unfolds, Charlie encounters unexpected gifts left behind by his father, including a long-lost brother who teaches him to embrace life just like their enigmatic fucking dad. <laughs> enigmatic? Why? Why is it? I'm not joking. Every single cuz I'm cutting these short cuz we yeah. even have time constraints. Um, every single one of these synopses has the word enigmatic in it. Enigmatic. And Enigma- say it, but I want you to say it. In- no, read it and say it. It's right there. Enigmatic. I want it, it, em- that G. Why is there a G in it? Em- emmatic? Enigmatic. 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 No, you're not even close. Enigmatic. Enigmatic. <laughs> Enigmatic. No, it's not. Enigmatic. Imagine- Stop talking about it. I won't talk about it no more until I read this next one and we're <laughs> up again. So, Nancy Boys is really fun. Uh, it's a little more lighthearted than American Gods was. Uh, but it's in the same vein. It's very close. Obviously, it's a sequel, but it's not a sequel to the original story. I think the only character that I remember that's like really crosses over is Mister Nancy. It's it's probably the more Trickster God.
1: Uh, without without reading either it kind of almost seems like it's more like a compendium book than like an actual like
0: sequel it's more like uh just another story set in the universe because like if you like if you
1: didn't read American gods like if you didn't know and you happened to read Anansi boys beforehand yeah. would you be lost at all or yeah would you be able yeah
0: you would you would be lost a little bit. I don't remember if Mr. Wednesday's in this one or not. I know there, I think there's a lot of characters that overlap, but it's also set in a different country at first because I think he's from England uh, or something. Like I said, it's been years since I, I read that book, but read both of them. Next up, The Ocean at the End of the Lane. I read this one, and this one, not the best, I'll be honest. It wasn't Neil Gaiman's best. I wouldn't put it on the list of his best books, but it was very unique, and it was really based on his life growing up, so you do get that feel of it, which was cool. Oh, here you go. Inspired by Gaiman's childhood, this surreal and haunting tale offers a glimpse into the life of a young protagonist who resembles the author himself. Enigmatic, enigmatic, enigmatic. Uh, this book was more similar to Coraline than I would say, like, just theme wise. And even the way it's written, it's a little more adult than Coraline, but I, it almost kind of goes along with that weird fantasy element, but kind of steeped in realism. Uh, it's, it's a unique book. I I just personally, I didn't think it was the, I gave it like three stars. I think it was, it was readable. Next up the doll's house. Uh, this is another Sandman book, isn't it?
1: I think so. Yeah.
0: Volume two serving as the second compilation in the renowned Sandman series. This enthralling graphic novel brings together issues nine to 16. We don't have to go into more Sandman stuff. Yeah. Another story of Sandman.
1: Like I said, I didn't go check out the whole article, so I don't know if it's like all of his stuff. Yeah, it seems so, to be. So, like, I don't know how much... Next if up. I'm going to, you know, go through, like, every one of his books. Well, but... I'm
0: going to skip some of these here. So, the next one is Dream Country, which is the third volume of Sandman. Nah. Uh, like,
1: I don't understand why you just want to put Sandman together.
0: I guess because they're... Lo- I don't know. padding I- your list. Yeah, that seems to be what they're doing. Next up, uh, this is one that I have not read, but it's been on my shelf for two or three years now. Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Yeah, I don't know why I said by Neil Gaiman because some people might not know
1: you. You just downloaded this without listening and just just yeah. skipped halfway through the episode. Yeah,
0: this is essentially. And didn't read the title. Yeah. This is essentially Neil Gaiman's take on North mythology. Like as far as I understand, he just uh, went through and read the you know the known North myths and put his take on it. That's all. I,
1: I'd be interested to see if like. Uh if you can find any things like that link between that and like the American Gods like stuff, like you know what I mean, yeah. with them both
0: being, you know, technical difficulties. Yes, it's always
1: on my end. I'm terrible.
0: I don't know why. Now you're, it seems like your mic's worse. Is it? I is don't it? know. Say some fucking words. I don't know, man. I'm, All I'm right, scared good, to talk it? now. Good, you're fixed. I don't know why it does that. We need a new mixer. Spencer just slowly through the podcast, his mic just gets softer and softer. Like we could see the audio file yeah. of him just like the volume just goes down on his mic and only his mic. I think mine went down a little bit, but not as bad as yours. But anyway, yeah, I don't that'd be interesting to see like if you read the mythology the Norse mythology and went back to American gods and see if any of that overlaps at all. Uh this one I have not read. Smoke and Mirror, Short Fiction, and uh my thing closed out. It, went, it skipped Amazon. Oh. Smoke and Mirror, Short Fictions and Illusion. This is a short story collection. Uh, uh, let's see. I have that in my uh, to-read
1: pile. I just... You it, haven't got to it. Yeah. Well, because I keep on trying to convince you that we should do that for a... a uh, Like a Merry uh, Minute kind, of, game, I kind it, of thing.
0: What did I say the name should be?
1: I don't know. I can't remember. It was... Uh,
0: um, Gaiman guys,
1: Gaming guys. See, I was thinking like the the Gaiman, ga- uh, uh, like Gabble or, or Gallery, a- Gallery or not Gallery, but it was like Gabble or I, Gabbin or I don't know. I think you're just
0: making up words, probably. Gallivanting with Gaiman, <laughs> <laughs> Galavatin <laughs> with gaming. I kind of yeah, like that. Yeah. Kind of like that. Well, see, you suggested that one because you have it. Yeah. But I suggested this next one, Fragile Things, Short Fictions, and Wonders, because I have it. Well, well, the
1: reason I I will <laughs> the reason because I went with Smoke and Mirrors is because like that's the first short joy collection. That would be, make
0: sense for us to actually do that one first. I read a couple of the stories in Fragile Things, and it was okay from what I read. I just didn't, I just didn't have time to get through and, it. Either.
1: And Well, and then just to go to Smoke and Mirrors real quick, like whenever I was reading reviews of it, people were saying like it was good and stuff, but it's like it's like it's dark dark for like what like i was like people were, like i was surprised with the big game in that how like how dark it was but then like also i don't feel like those people probably didn't like read like you know like sandman stuff too because like that stuff yeah. also gets kind of you know
0: kind of dark and
1: creepy as well
0: look in my michael moorcock collection the first i think it was the first collection uh yeah it had to be because that's the one i was reading neil gaiman did the introduction or Ooh. one of the introductions yeah and apparently it was a essay or something he wrote before, and they just shoehorned it in. But it was him like talking about Michael Mor Morcock and stuff. But then he he kind of tells his own little story about kids and different things, and he totally just threw in like a, a kid talking about I pretty much like I think sucking a old dude's wiener. Oh, they like, get molested and like you know getting forced to do stuff, but and the kid, like, in an innocent way, like, he's telling me, I mean, it's not so bad or something. Yeah. But I was just like, why, why am I reading about kids getting diddled and molested and all this shit in a Michael Moorcock fantasy collection? <laughs> well, and Neil and, Gaiman, what the fuck? Well, and, and also just in, like, the introduction. <laughs> yeah, it was the introduction. It was so weird. Like, if you folks get that, the, the edition, it's the uh, Elrico Melnibine. It's the first volume. There's like three volumes, I think, that have all the books I got. I think I got them all now. But I was I was going through those. I, was re- I read a couple of the novels, and they're really good. But the introduction, because uh, Neil Gaiman was a huge Michael Moorcock fan, but I did not expect, you know, how you said mm-hmm. the stories get dark sometimes. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting that in a fantasy collection. Like, why are, you, why are you talking about this? I think whoever threw that in there did not read it. They right, just, like, oh, it's a game. He, he always <laughs> mentioned Michael Moorcock. That's good enough. Uh, anyway, next up, trigger warning, short fictions and disturbances. Do you know what that is, Spencer? Another <laughs> short, clo- story. short story collection. Uh, the day I swapped my dad for two goldfish. Ooh, we have to read about that one. Yeah, uh, that's probably one of his kids' ones. Imagine the scenario where you desire your best friend's two goldfish so fervently that you're willing to exchange anything for them, even your father. What would transpire? Yeah, man, we're going go but... on. Must be a real piece of shit, dad. Well, that goes with Neil Gaiman's class. So sometimes, uh, like what he was discussing about ask questions. Mm. So, what was one of them? What if a werewolf bit a chair? Yeah. And the chair became a werewolf or something? Yeah. So he's like, I think that's how this one came about. Probably, yeah. Uh, the Wolves in the Walls. Uh, that tells the story of Lucy who fervently, they like to reuse some words here fervently two times in a mm. row. It's not cool in my book. At least it's not enigmatic. Not everything can be fervent. Yeah, it's not enigmatic. M- <laughs> it tells the story of Lucy. Her fervently believes that wolves inhabit the walls of their home. Despite her convictions, uh, her family remains doubtful. However, one fateful day, the wolves emerge, revealing the reality of Lucy's fears. So that looks like another children's book. The Tragical Comedy of. That was a weird title. Never heard of this one. The Tragical Comedy or Comical Tragedy of Mr. Punch. Uh, this will be. This is a dark, unsettling, fully painted novella that narrates the story of a young boy's loss of innocence resulting from a harrowing encounter with his past. Mm. Good Lord, that could be dark. Yeah. Uh, during a summer spent at his grandfather's seaside arcade, the troubled adolescent becomes innocently involved with a mysterious Punch and Judy man and a woman portraying a mermaid. However, the violent puppet show unexpectedly triggers buried memories of the boy's family, leading to feverishly intertwined lives. That sounds like something I would actually want to read. I don't know if that's a kid's book or not. It looks like one, but I don't think it (laughs) is. No. Odd and the Frost Giants. Is this a comic? In this enchanting tale, young Odd's fortune takes a turn for the better despite a series of unfortunate events. After losing his father during a Viking expedition and suffering a debilitating injury from a fallen tree, Odd feels as though winter will never end. I wonder if that's what got him into the Norse mythology. Maybe. Because Odd is a North, uh, Norse creature. Well, this story has Thor and Odin in it, and Loki in it. All the Nordic gods. Oh, I guess maybe it did. The Sleeper and the Spindle. And how many books has this fucking guy got? A lot. In this spellbinding and ingeniously reimagined fairy tale, another fairy tale. Neil Gaiman masterfully intertwines elements of Snow White and Sleeping Beauty with Chris Riddle's captivating illustrations, bringing the story to life. I w- I'm interested to read his other fairy tales after reading Stardust. Here are some other notable works, Spencer. Okay. are at the end of that list. All right. Graphic novel. You ready? Okay. I'm going to spit them out. All right. But first, I have to read novels. <sighs> okay. That's the first one. Okay. Novels. Other notable works by Neil Gaiman. Novels. Interworld trilogy.
1: Oh, yeah. That's what I read this... this- at the beginning of the year
0: Good Oh that's the one you said You were trouble getting through A
1: little bit yeah
0: Like it wasn't bad It just like It didn't really hold your attention Yeah
1: I think that was One of those ones Like that's definitely like For that age Yeah Rap, rap it would probably That was a young it. adult one Or Yeah it was a Yeah
0: Alright graphic novels I don't know a speed run it, it only had one Yeah that was <laughs> only For other novels Graphic novels Batman Whatever happened to the Cape Crusader Good or bad Good Miracle man Good or bad Never read it Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy. Huh? never read huh? it. Death, the high cost of living. Probably good. You don't. we got to say good or bad. If you, well, I'm, I'm assuming, if you didn't read it, then you can't say. I'm assuming that it's Sandman stuff, so it's probably good. The books, why would they throw in all the Sandman, but the, you know, I don't, the books of magic. That's the read. one that everyone says Harry Potter ripped off. Yeah, but yeah, I haven't read it. Black Orchid. Orchid. Haven't Is it read. Orchid or Orchid? Orchid. Why do they have H in there? I don't know. Why do they spell Orchid Orchard? Because I think of Orchard. Maybe. English, you do. Marvel 1602. That was really good. Ooh, I don't know about this next one. The Eternals. Oh, we both had that. A rare miss <laughs> yeah. from the Gaiman. I remember not liking that. Yeah, it was weird. Was that a book club book? Yeah. It had to be if I read it. Mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman's A Study in Emerald. I don't even, I'm not even sure I know what that one is. Didn't we do that for book club? Everything f- was green, right? I'll click on it after this. I yeah. feel like I read it. The problem of Susan and other stories. No, only I... the end of the world again. I haven't read that one. Children's books and short stories. Fortunately, the milk. I read that, and it's really fun if you are like five. Okay, so I would probably enjoy it. Unlike Coraline, this is like little kids. Yeah, you got you have friends with kids. I would recommend, or if you have kids yourself, obviously to the eh. listeners. I would recommend picking that book up for him. You can actually get it in a collection, which I got, which had Coraline. What was the other one? Oh, I think it was also the jungle or the the graveyard book was Mm -hmm. in that too. I think it was a three book deal, but fortunately the milk you can have any kid under the age of five would really think it's funny. Uh, Let's see what else we got. Cinnamon rogues, the end of the world stories of the apocalypse. M is for magic. New Cthulhu, The Recent Weird, The Jinn Falls in Love and Other Stories. Pirates 2, Odd and the Frost Giants. That's weird that they put that in the notable mentions when that was also on the list. Yeah. Uh Hellbound Hearts. I wonder if that has to do with Clive Barker's Hellbound Heart. Well,
1: I was interested. What was the
0: uh The last one's Tuesday.
1: Uh what was the one a couple uh go go at the top of that one again? Pirates too? No. Cthulhu. No. The Cthulhu one. Like I'd be interested to see what like Gaiman's take on Cthulhu things are like.
0: Well, before we go there, I wanted to check... You know, we can go there. Let's take a look. Takes me to Amazon. We can just buy the book. It's 483 pages, so no. For more than 80 years, H.P. Lovecraft has inspired writers of blah, 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 full a it Yeah,
1: Like I said, I just would be interested to see how he would, like, handle that subject matter.
0: It'd be interesting because you would get a really good writer... Doing a Cthulhu book yeah. without ripping off or trying to write like H.P. Lovecraft, so we could potentially get Cthulhu stories that are readable. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> wow! <laughs> that we can understand that don't melt your brain. I mean, that's kind of the point of. Oh, Hellbound Hearts is the one I wanted to. That looks like a Clive Barker type of book. That is 352 pages. Clive Barker's iconic masterpiece, The Hellbound Heart, the novella. Blah blah jib jib. So where does Neil Gaiman come in here? A graphic work. Oh, maybe they did a comic book version of mm. the Hellbound Heart. I'd be interested in picking that up. Here's some of the notable nonfiction. Don't panic. The official Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Companion. Good Lord, is this, <laughs> Is there anything this guy hasn't fucking written? I,
1: I didn't know about that.
0: Has he just... He makes me feel bad mm. about my level <laughs> of, of... Productivity? Yeah. The view from the cheap seat selected nonfiction. Art matters because your imagination can change the world. Final thoughts... Neil Gaiman good. You Yo, write you good, write good. you. Na- write Naaman, Naaman writes
1: the words good.
0: He writes the word good when you read the word. Pretty words. So I like Neil Gaiman. I like Neil Gaiman as well. We might have even done something like this with Stephen King, but to do a full Stephen King, we'd be here all day. So no, we'd
1: we'd have to break that into multiple episodes. Yeah. Too many books.
0: So in conclusion. I honestly, out of every book I've read on that list that I've read personally, Mm -hmm. I would recommend them all. Yeah. The least one would be the Ocean one, but that one was still really good. It's just, it wasn't, again, like you said with that uh, YA one, I'm probably not the demographic. Yeah. That's the end of our business. I should wrap up,
1: huh? You probably should wrap it up. My lips are all sticky. Well, that's because you're drinking
0: German beer, right? Yeah, something or other. My name is... uh, CalebJamesK.com if you want to follow that's my your, stuff. That's your name? <laughs> yeah, that's oh, that's name. a weird. CalebJamesK.com. I want to see, see a birth certificate. Like your mom was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's like crypto.com <laughs> arena or like shit like that. I don't like it. So, what did I say? Well, that's my website. Go to there. Follow me. You can follow Spencer. He is the. The, the Dutch Dingleberry Dropper no, Church? No, no, Denver. The the Denmark Denver. Dookie <laughs> di- Dilator? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't it. These are the Denver Dookie Dropper on OnlyFans. Oh, that's it. I kind of dilate those Dookie. <laughs>
1: I don't even know how what happened. happen. That, that sounds like something that happened in that
0: video game you were playing earlier. <laughs> uh, nobody needs to know about that. Uh, what's the other thing? Oh, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at DPW Podcast. This is one of our least professional episodes, I think. No worse
1: than last episode.
0: You know, last episode came out all right after I listened to it. I thought we did a horrible job, but it was kind of funny. Yeah? I laughed. That's all that matters. I had another topic, not another topic, I had something else I wanted to mention, and I don't remember. It must have not been important.
1: Your website, my stupid names. It wasn't uh, a part of the outro, oh, I okay. think.
0: It doesn't matter. Anyway, folks, we thank you for listening, and we will check you next week.